Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Treyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour! Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 13 of Amateur Hour. Today is a very, very special day. Not only is it the Lord's Day, Easter, but we have a special guest, our first special guest, Joe Serralo, host of Serralo Sports Talk. Joe, welcome. Guys, thanks so much for having me. I, uh, I can't think of a holier way to spend Easter than... <laughs> Being uh, being on with you guys and hungover as hell. It's amazing. I feel lifted already. I feel Jesus in this server. <laughs> well, Joe, thank you. in my body yesterday in the form of too many tequila shots. Uh, <laughs> are you a tequila guy? I'm a huge tequila guy. Tequila and vodka. Those are definitely the drinks of choice. <laughs> Just straight? Just straight? Or do you have like a mixed drink of choice? I'll drink them both straight. Although uh, if I'm going to mix them, I'm, I'm pretty basic. Uh, just mix them with seltzer and call it a day. Mm. Two mm. limes can't have one lime. That's some peasant shit. Oh, two. <laughs> you go two lime. Wow. Two limes. Wow. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a plebeian. Wow. I'm also. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see myself. Oh, hey, thanks crap. for being here. Um, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> with Easter here, with new guests. I mean, there is a lot to talk about today. But before we do that, let's get in. Joe, we're gonna change it up a little bit. You are gonna bring your highs and lows of this week, and we'll talk about those. The Weekly Highs. Amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, this is like my favorite segment that you guys do. I'm so pumped to be a part of it. Weekly High, I have to go with going to New York City for the first time in like 15 months yesterday for brunch. Uh, went out to brunch at a rooftop, went bar hopping. Like I already said, had way too much tequila. That was like <laughs> just the perfect amount of serotonin that I needed. So definitely my weekly high was, uh, was brunch in New York City. That sounds amazing. So is New York open right now? It's just like everything else with COVID, inconsistent. Like some joints are open. <laughs> some places won't even make you buy food to get a drink. Other places are like, no, you have to buy food. Other places are just outright closed. It's, it's really weird. Um, but it's coming back, which is great to see. Right. Because New York was, I mean, I just remember literally a year ago, New York was hit hard. And the yeah, it was like an episode of The Walking Dead for a while. Yeah. Yeah, because you're based out of Long Island, right? So you're not really like directly in the city. Yeah. Was it still tough like out there? Most things were closed. Um, some restaurants actually like immediately got on like having heaters and stuff so that they could do outdoor dining and stuff like that. Um, indoor was, yeah, I didn't eat indoors for probably like six or, six or seven months. Um, that took a while to come back. But Long Island definitely rebounded quicker than the city just because... You know, I mean, it's crowded, but nowhere near as crowded as New York City. So, you know, you can space out tables and stuff. And yeah, it's uh, life's felt pretty normal outside of the mask wearing for, I guess, a couple months. Yeah. Shrey, was your I mean, do you remember like what you were thinking last year? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I all the news happened on my birthday last year. It was insane. I was like, oh, this, yeah, it's going to be a you know normal day. And then I was at work. Uh, so I'm, I was in, I was in, uh, my master's program at the time and I was at work and there were like rumors, like, you know, they might close the campus down, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are you sure? Like, I, I don't think it's getting that deep at this point. <laughs> and then bam, 
that day everything was everything was gone they were like yeah monday we're starting up everyone's like getting out of here we're not we're not gonna have any people around i was like are you like is this are you sure am i in the twilight zone <laughs> like i was like yeah it was insane that was yeah i mean after that i mean really everything did change i do want to shout out everybody who is in school right now whether you are in you know high school college master's program props to you i it's so hard to not have a lot of the social aspects that you did, you know, previously. And I feel like that development is so important for kids at like every single stage that, you know, the fact that you're still like going pursuing whatever degree you're trying to get. I mean, it props to you. Cause that's, it's not easy. Zoom learning sucks. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not be able to do it online. Like I remember last year I was lucky. I was a senior in college. Right. So uh shout out St. Bonaventure, Max, obviously like that's how we know each other. Your girlfriend and I graduated together. Yep. Um, but yeah, I remember like finishing up school and having like a nine 30 class and just waking up, logging onto zoom, shutting my camera and going back to sleep. Like that was, that was definitely <laughs> no way to go to school. Online learning. It really is just so much harder. So Joe, you were a senior last year. How did that, like, how did the shutdown I mean, because I'm sure you had everything going in that like January, February prior to everything getting closed. Like, how did that affect you when everything just get like got the axe? Yeah, it sucked. Um, right. There's no sugarcoating it. Like I was talking to a couple companies about jobs and everything and things were looking really good. I had just gotten back from covering my third straight Super Bowl down in Miami, which as you can imagine, you mix celebrities, football and Miami together. It's a really good time. Um <laughs> But yeah, so I just got back from that. And then like a month later, everything just kind of gets ripped out from under you. So it actually sucked. I uh, I was dating someone at the time who lived in Toronto. So with the border closing, I actually oh, ended wow. up moving up there for like five months. So peak COVID, wow. tons of uncertainty, and I'm living in another country. It was uh, It was definitely a wild time. Wow. So you were in Toronto for five months. That yeah, from like March to July. So that wasn't so that wasn't the plan. How long were you planning on staying before you were like, I gotta like find a place now because I can't go anywhere? Right. So two weeks. Like I was actually wow. thrilled when school shut down. I was like, this is amazing. I can go take a quick vacation, go see my <laughs> girlfriend for two oh weeks. My I'm God. gonna come back for a wedding. And then I was like, I'm sure by Easter, like by Easter break, we'll be back in school after Easter. And uh little did uh, I know. <laughs> little did yeah. I know I would never go back to that campus again. Um That's insane. But I yeah, mean, no, it was wild. So yeah, she ended up getting an apartment like in the heart of Toronto, which was, it, it was kind of cool, like living in Toronto. It's a really neat city. And, and right. I definitely had a lot of fun in that city before the shutdown. But living in the heart of any city when nothing's open sucks. So right. it was definitely like weird looking at where we were a year ago, like a year ago today, you know, Easter Sunday last year, whatever, I woke up in another country and I wasn't going to leave for like four months. It's just so weird looking back on where we've come in 12 months. Yeah, wow. it's, such, it's such a quick turnaround too to think, oh, this is just going to be a short-term thing, and now you're like, oh, I gotta live here. Like, I gotta, <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta find furniture. I gotta, I gotta make this place a, as as homely as possible. And uh, it was a fun conversation to have with her parents. Uh, hey guys, <laughs> you like me? I'm not leaving. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I hope you guys like me because uh, I <laughs> will be here. <laughs> make make yourselves comfortable because the friggin' Italian from New York is not leaving your country. <laughs> Well, they, I mean, were they, were they nice about it? Like, I, I, oh, I can't imagine being somebody, somebody's like parent yeah. and then your yeah. daughter's boyfriend's like, oh, what's up? 
<laughs> yeah, right. I got I got the no regrets tattoo like peeking out of my collarbone. Yeah, it was great. Um, no, they were awesome. Like they were super welcoming, and it was a, it was actually for the most part a good time. Like outside right. of outside of the actual girlfriend, everything else was great. Almost just spit out my coffee right there. <laughs> okay, I was trying, and that I is our. I found it. <laughs> okay, well, that is the okay. So. I just want to, uh, one thing, okay, I just wanted to say, you mentioned furniture, Shreyas. Furniture is yeah. where they get you. When you're moving into a new apartment, that's mm. where they get you. you buy a couch, oh, and then you got to buy chairs. I didn't think I'd ever have to buy a table. What is this? <laughs> like, why am, I buy, why am I spending $150 on, like, a one-foot-by-one-foot coffee table? Why? Yeah, what? she actually never got a table for that reason. Like, I remember eating many dinners on the floor, and then I was like, <laughs> I'm buying you a table. I can't do this shit anymore. <laughs> Yeah, just go to Walmart or something. Like, please. I, I know you're like five two, five three, but I'm six four, and the floor is a long way down. So the floor I'm is a long way down. Travel time. That's a lot of leg. Hey, as, as someone who is also above the uh, above the six foot mark, Joe, I, I I feel for you anytime we have to fly, because oh there is leg room is it doesn't mm. exist for. Do you for, know how many how many stewardesses I've had to flirt with to get the uh, exit like the um. That special exit row seating. Oh, in the back? No, no, no. There's two emergency exit rows in the middle. Yeah, right by the bathroom. Uh, yeah, I, I am. No, 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 no. In the, in the in the middle of the plane by the wings. Yes. Okay. Never mind. The one. Yes, that has like. Oh, when they when they go when they go. Yeah, they point to the front and they point to the sides and they point to the back. You're talking about like right in the dead center. Yeah, dead center. Extra and they're like, room. you know, you yeah. need verbal confirmation. Can I get a yes? And like, there's always <laughs> someone with their headphones in who just nods and they're like, sir, we need verbal confirmation. Yeah, those beats. Um, yeah, I, I've I've hit on many stewardesses, so, some of which have probably been dudes just to, you know, land those seats. I'm like, look, I, I need the leg room here. And no, I'm not paying extra. So like, work with me. And you got a kid, you got a kid in front of you shaking the Shaking the yeah, like I, I got a I got a baby behind me that won't stop crying. I got a guy sitting next to me, like double my weight, who keeps ripping ass. Like I need out of here, guys. Come on. True story about the guy double my weight ripping ass. By the way, that was coming oh, back to the Super Bowl last year. Not fun. Was he in? Oh, was he in one chair or like he like right next to you? Or he was. was like, I was in the middle, and I don't do well in the middle. Um, yeah. You know, even if I don't have the extra leg room, I need an aisle seat. Like bare minimum for me mm. is get me an aisle. And I was yeah. in the middle between like this guy and some like super old sweet lady um, to my to my left, and she and I were just tortured the whole flight. Like he had bo, he had gas. It was just like he had rolls coming over to my seat. It was it was bad. I'm oh. assuming he was he was like dead asleep the whole time too, so you could yeah. you could talk to him. <laughs> you actually hit the nail on the head. Like I was parting in his sleep for the duration of the flight. That, that's impressive. The 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 inconsideration is impressive. Like if you have reached that point of just so much lack of care, but if you have props to you. <laughs> Honestly, like as much as I hated the guy in the moment, I aspire to be that guy. <laughs> no holds barred. I haven't showered in a probably about two weeks i'm gonna get on a flight <laughs> <laughs> amazing like he was probably the only dude in miami because right we were flying back from miami he had to be right. like the only guy in miami who had his shirt on the whole time he was there so joe actually speaking of florida this past year and speaking of what you mentioned before radio row and the super bowls Mm -hmm. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? What is that like going down to the Super Bowl, interviewing 
some of the top athletes in the world, some of the best coaches in the world. What can you just talk about that experience for a little bit? Oh, of course. It's amazing, guys. It is uh it's my favorite week of the year. Like, you know, most people like they get that winter depression right after Christmas and New Year's, like after the holidays. It's like, oh, what do I have to look forward to now? For me, right. it's like the freaking Super Bowl. It is uh mm. It's amazing, you know, unlike NFL players, because, you know, this is a professional sports podcast by guys that have never played professional sports. <laughs> um, unlike the NFL players, I know I'm going there every year, right? I mean, like, how many people can say that? Tom Brady yeah. and me? Like, we know we're going to be in the Super Bowl every year? <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so it's a blast. It's my favorite week. Uh, the first time I got there, it was so overwhelming. I was 19. I was a sophomore in college with uh, St. Bonaventure's student-run radio station, WSBU The Buzz. And... That was a really unique radio row. Definitely not ideal for uh, for your first uh, experience because it was in the Mall of America in Minneapolis that uh, Eagles oh. had Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So what they did was like they like gated off a section that was way too small of the mall and uh, they had radio row there. So like you're dealing with like all these like think about like a folding table, right? Like a beer pong table. That's yeah. what you put your equipment on. You get a bunch of outlets and, you know, whatever uh, other equipment you might need. They had this in the mall. So it was the first time Radio Row has been just like open to the public. Usually they sell like, you know, a finite amount of tickets to fans to get into Radio Row. But this was just in a public space. So you had people like screaming like that Eagles fight song is permanently ingrained in my memory. (laughs) Eagles fans would just literally flock to Radio Row every day and start singing that while we're doing a show. I was like, hey, guys, I can't hear myself think over here. Um but no, it was, it's an amazing, uh, amazing experience. What's great about it is that you don't know from one day to the next, one year to the next, what's going to happen. You don't know the full guest list. You might book some people in advance. Mm-hmm. And then right. at the very last minute, a guy comes over to you and is like, hey, do you want Marshall Falk? And you're like, uh, who the hell am I to say no? <laughs> sure. You know? like, uh, that happened to me with Marshall Falk the first time. Now he's a repeat guest, uh, a repeat offender, if you will. Um, so he just, yeah, now I book it in advance. Like Dr. Oz. His publicist just tapped me on the shoulder. Was like, "Do you want Doctor Oz on your show?" I'm like, "You know, I don't yeah. really care for the guy, but yes." <laughs> so you interviewed Doctor Oz? Yeah, yeah, it was great. We talked about like concussions and his show, and then um, at the 12 minute mark, he abruptly got up and was like, "All right, gave you guys 12 minutes. Have a good one." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that that was I mean, weird. It was just like I was about to ask a follow up question." And I mean, look, these guys, they book every 15 minutes, they book like different interviews. So he had to be on another station. I get that. But like, he did kind of abruptly, like he ended the interview. And I was like, whoa, 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 you may be Dr. Oz and you may have your own show. I call it my show. Sit your ass down. I'm not done. Was it one of those things where the conversation was like going well and it was abrupt or was it more like he just wasn't feeling it and then he just kind of said, I'm going up. Oh, no, no, no. It, it was going really well. And like, he was actually really cool during the interview. But I guess he just looked at his watch and was like, oh, time's up. All right. Bye. And I was like, that this is awkward. I'm not going to lie. Like, I've had bad guests. He was a great guest who just abruptly like and he ended the interview. And, and I was like about to ask a follow up. And then I had to like pivot. And uh, I don't know if you guys are like fans of the show Friends, but, you know, pivot. And then be like, uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Dr. Oz. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh. Was like, yeah, so you had to, how did you think on your feet? Did you just have to get another segment in or? Uh, no, you just went in doubt. And, and I'm sorry, because I, I guess it's Craig, your producer. I see Craig, Craig like, is literally a robot that oh. just records our voice. Yeah. Amazing. No, <laughs> so when you guys have a human producer, he'll hate you for doing this. But best <laughs> advice I can give you guys is uh, when in doubt, toss it to break. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Go to break. Okay. And we'll be right back. There's a streaker in the studio right now. <laughs> Just pretend something crazy is going on. That's a good stopping point. Yeah, not too crazy, though, because there was some, I did hear a story of someone at St. Bonaventure's radio station before I got there who on April Fool's, right? It's like April Fool's just happened, so this is appropriate to share. Um, (laughs) On April Fool's, decided while, I don't know if it was a guy or girl, but while they were doing their show to pretend there was an active shooter in the radio station. No. Wow. Um, So, yeah, people that were listening to the radio show were calling 911, like, save this person, there's a shooter on campus. And, uh... Oh, so yeah, don't, don't say anything oh like that maybe, but yeah, you can, you can embellish other storylines. All I have to say is bruh. I <laughs> like that's some what serious, point, like crazy stuff. Did the police show up to the, yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you don't joke about that. That's no, like the, I mean, what, that's one of the few things you just don't. Luckily it, it was like the only in New York police. So, I mean, they probably didn't have much else going on. Cause there's not really a lot in only like maybe a domestic dispute between a couple farm animals. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no crazy stuff. Don't recommend uh, I don't recommend doing that in the middle of a show. Yeah. Some like Orson Welles, like war of the worlds on the radio. Everyone thinks there's aliens outside, but it's really like reading a book type. I think that's what this person was going for. And then uh, just, you know, Poor time. Yeah, the poor, yeah, poor yeah. time. Yeah, poor taste. Yeah. I do want to say just real quick, a side tangent. Uh, the the government did confirm the existence of UFOs, and I feel like nobody talked about that. Like that just kind of glossed over. Yeah, well, you know, they, like, like declassified stuff. That definitely deserves more attention because, like, I, I don't know. I mean, this is just where I'm coming from. Was that ever in doubt? Like, come on. I, this- no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, if you think about the scale of the universe. Come on, all those crop circles, they can't just be one farmer going in circles, right? (laughs) No, but actually, so they, well, they they found that, like, some of the the UFOs have this technology that allows them to not defy gravity, but sort of, like, ignore it and kind of bend it, which is why you see them zipping around in irregular flight patterns. And the fact that that exists is mind-blowing by itself. Yeah, I mean, look, by nature, we're pretty, we're, we're a pretty egotistical species, like humans. But I think anyone who thinks that we're the only like living creatures in the universe, y- you got to be pretty dumb. Like that's a whole, that's not egotistical. That's idiocy. And then I, I would agree 100%. with that. And to also on top of that, think that we're the smartest creatures out there. Like, give me a break. I mean, we, we, we buy magazines to read about what Britney Spears is doing. We're obviously not the smartest creatures in the universe. I, yeah. You, well, I mean, you think about an animal to animal, right? An animal can communicate with a completely different species without having to vocalize or say a single word. That's true. If in some ways that's not smarter than we are, I don't know what is. That's true. We can't, we can't echolocate like a dolphin can. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I can yell at my dog to sit and it like laughs at me and walks away. Yeah. He'll <laughs> you know, sit on the floor and then walk away laughing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on my pillow. <laughs> oh, you want to talk to me like that? Okay. I'll show you. Uh, so actually, Joe, you mentioned that you had some really bad guests i just want to ask you real just real quick you don't have to name names but charlie weiss wow really (laughs) (laughs) interesting why he was great to me he was very disrespectful and an outright jerk to my co-host and i don't tolerate that um called my i think he i don't know if he called him stupid or said what are you stupid um this was super bowl in atlanta what, what was that super bowl 53 in atlanta uh pats rams the super bowl in atlanta yes right yeah. yes yes, and, yes. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it was Pat's Rams because my co-host was talking about Robert Woods and uh, he was oh, saying yeah. how he thought that the Pats were going to have trouble with the Rams receivers and Charlie Weiss was like, what receivers? And my co-host was like, oh, I don't know, Brandon Cooks, Cooper, uh... Robert Woods. And he started <laughs> laughing. He's like, Robert Woods? Uh, you think Robert Woods is a good receiver? And my co-host was like, yeah, he had 1,300 yards this year. I think he's damn good. And he, Charlie Weiss was like, oh, well, then you're an idiot. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you know what, you know what that That's is. That's not right? even a hot take. He was. He was good. Like, I mean, 1,300 yards speaks for itself, I think. <laughs> like, I t- I, you know what that is, right? It's the Bill Belichick syndrome. Like, when you're a, when you're a friend and a, a former coworker and you want to keep the relationship, right, you can't talk bad about the the team in any way and that like if you say like oh there's some sort of criticism then oh it's overblown because bill belichick is the you know the greatest schemer of all time and like you can't criticize the guy so i guess it's it, it has to be like he he felt that it was like a indictment on bill and he had to take up for his old co-worker like you know what i mean like it, yeah it's it's yeah. kind of it's kind of horrible yeah yeah I, I also think with weiss like even though he's a big dude like in stature i think he's got that little man syndrome in terms of <laughs> success <laughs> Um, I did mention throughout the interview, and he was quick to correct me. I, I was talking about his his tenure at Notre Dame, yep. and you know I mentioned his six and six regular season. I specifically said regular season, and he goes, "Get it right. We were seven and six. We won the Hawaii Bowl." And I was like, "I, I know, Coach. First off, Notre Dame should never be playing in the Hawaii Bowl. Hawaii Bowl. Can we all agree on that? <laughs> yeah, agreed. And, agreed. Uh, and I was like, and you know, like I said, six and six regular season." But by the way, I just want to correct myself. Robert Woods did not have 1,300 yards that year. It was only 1,200. So maybe he isn't a great Oh, player. yeah, no. Wash. <laughs> wash. Wash. <laughs> I, I was off by 81 yards. My apologies, Charlie Woods. Charlie speaking facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that year, too, I, I would say that their weakest link was Jared Goff. Every they, year. <laughs> where, where is he now? He's Jared in, Goff? He's, he's in yeah. Detroit. He's in Detroit, yep. Yeah, so that was like that was the best timing that trade because this year for Radio Row, it was totally different, right? Almost everything was virtual. You went from like having two hundred shows going on at once to like thirty on premise. Like, so that trade, the Golf Stafford swap, was actually the day before I landed in Tampa. So that was amazing because that was the storyline that carried like Monday and Tuesday of Radio yeah. Row before right. you start getting into the game like around midweek. And uh, everyone who I had on was like this is the best thing that ever happened to the Rams. Like Marshall Falk was like, I think he flat out was like, shit, man, like Matt Stafford, all of a sudden we're a Super Bowl team. <laughs> like I was like, damn right you are, Marshall. Damn right. <laughs> Joe, Joe, I got a question for you. So what do you, what do you think about kind of that, that free agency period, tampering-ish period starting before the Super Bowl? Does it take <laughs> away from, does it take away from the Super Bowl news, do you think, or – in a sense, does it add to kind of the hype that's going around? And would you rather it be, you know, further apart, you know, to have some space in between so that no one can, you know, make deals and stuff during the Super Bowl time? Right. So in terms of players, I love it. Because uh, to be honest, it's actually really hard to talk about one game every day for like a week, you know? Mm. Right. So okay. I love having other news. Um, the more interviews, the better. Uh, but also, yeah, like that's, like I said, that's Stafford uh golf swap i mean that took you right through wednesday um so i actually love it in terms of players you know signing being traded you know i obviously nothing's official yet at that point like you said it's technically tampering yeah. I, I love tampering <laughs> bring on all the tampering legal tampering um, gotta love it yeah tampering makes for news i'm all about news you know whatever drives the show it's the entertainment industry baby um right. so i love it uh in terms of coaches though 
I don't think any coaching hires should be made until after the Super Bowl. Because if you look at this year's Super Bowl, first off, it is a crime that Eric Bieniemy still is not a head coach somewhere. And then you look at Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles, both coordinators for Tampa. I mean, after that defensive performance by the Bucks, Todd Bowles would have a job if if you couldn't fill coaching vacancies until after the Super Bowl. But all of them were already filled. Yeah. So now, you know, a guy like Bowles will have to wait until next offseason, you know, which Biennemi, everyone thought he would have to wait till this offseason, and now he'll have to wait another one. It's absolutely wild. But, right. yeah, those are three guys, Byron, Todd, and, and Eric, that uh, that should, I just called them by their first names like I know them all. Um, those are three guys <laughs> oh, that should up, have guys? jobs right now. Yeah, I was, I was, that was one of the things I was surprised about was that some of these teams like Tennessee and um, the Lions switched very quickly away from the enemy just because he i guess was more focused on the on the game at hand and couldn't go to those interviews and stuff so i i really i really think that the lions were got, got the worst end of that stick because i do not like uh dan campbell at all for that team i just don't think he's like <laughs> a character that fits and forms with with these players that like they, that he can connect with so uh it, it felt weird i feel like eric Bieniemy would have been a, a much better fit for for someone like that for that job yeah dan campbell man that guy's an interesting cat like i don't know what to make of him um i had someone on that week this uh this year i can't remember who off the top of my head i'll see if it comes to me who was a teammate of his and they were like man that is like he is authentic if nothing else the dude's authentic like when he's talking mm. about getting knocked down and biting kneecaps off. Like, <laughs> they were like, yeah, that's authentic Dan Campbell. He's, he's got a wire to uh, screw it too loose. Um, but, yeah, no, I think the biggest job for Biennemi, which obviously right now because the franchise is, like, deteriorating in front of our eyes, I think Houston right. was the spot for him. Um, oh, yeah. But when word came out that, like, Deshaun was leaving and obviously all the turmoil within the organization. I think it all started right. when Hopkins was traded to Arizona. Then Deshaun leaving and J.J. Watt leaving. The enemy, I think, would, and I think anyone would rather be a coordinator for the Chiefs than a head coach in Houston right now. Mm. Yeah, that power struggle at the top with Easterby and Cal McNair and Cal how McNair. they're just kind of yep. bud buddies together for some, for some odd reason – just yeah, isn't he supposed to be like a, a preacher or like a spiritual advisor? Yeah, yeah, yeah he went right. He went from player coach to yeah, like a, one of the top yeah, guys, from, like a pseudo he from, GM. He went from team chaplain in. Yeah. Uh, if, I don't know if you remember the Javon Belcher situation from yep. 2012. So he was the team chaplain during that time in Kansas City. Then he came over to the Patriots and he helped out during the whole Aaron Hernandez situation. I guess everyone took a liking to him. And then he dipped, uh, whether it was the Patriots' choice or his choice. It might have been a little bit of both. Might have kicked him to the curb at the end. And he somehow <laughs> has gone up the ranks in a, a year and a half. Like, he's now basically VP of <laughs> player personnel. In, it makes no sense. Like, for me, Texas. Keep, keep, keep religion and politics separate. Keep religion and sports separate. I don't need Joel Osteen <laughs> telling me who to sign in free agency. You know? <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> So before we dive into the meat and the potatoes of this episode, uh, I just wanted to switch it around, go go positive real quick. Who was the best person that you've ever interviewed? Oh, that's tough to pick one. I mean, there's so many. <laughs> um, I'd probably have to go with... So I think the interview that like knocked my socks off the most 
um, wasn't the biggest name, wasn't the biggest celebrity. Well, now he is actually. It was before all that. Uh, Dan Orlovsky. Um, wow, yeah. Yeah, so this is like a combination of reasons. So first off, it was my first radio row, which made everything that much more magnified and that much cooler. Right. Um, this was the one in Minneapolis. And I was just kind of online at Starbucks, and he got online behind me. And I was like, holy crap, you ran out of the end zone. And uh, <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, I haven't heard that one. No, 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 that's actually not how it went. I was like, oh, my. No, so that's the only reason I recognized him <laughs> But I was like, oh, my God, Dan Orlovsky. And he's like, hey, man, like, how are you? And he just, like, felt so warm and genuine. I was like, I'm good. Like, you know, my name's Joe. I'm here with my college station. Like, I'd love to have you on. Would you mind? He's like, yeah, buddy, can I order my drink and then come on in like 15 minutes? I was like, let's do oh, it. Wow. So he was just like a wealth of knowledge. And he actually gave me a quote back then. You know, I've interviewed over 250 guys. And he like gave me a quote that actually stuck with me. He was like, look, guys, I didn't play in the NFL for 12 years because of my physical talent. I survived in this league because of what I brought to the table from the shoulders up. Right. Obviously, mm. like the, the mental side mm. of the game. And we see his knowledge every day on ESPN. And uh he was great and he's actually become a friend and like, you know, we stay in touch. Um, actually, since it's Easter, he's actually a very religious guy. So I should probably shoot him a happy Easter text. But like we, you know, we'll text for holidays, birthdays. Um, he's been on my show five, six times. So he is definitely wow. one of my favorites. Another guy from that ESPN tree, uh, Mike Golick Jr. He's amazing. Oh, yeah. Mike and Mike. <laughs> well, Golick, yeah, Golick Jr. So oh, Mike Golick's yeah, son. son. Oh, so his son, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's the best. Like he comes on and we talk about two things, football and the bachelor. And that's like, you know, that, that is a guilty pleasure for both of us. We like to put on our, our velvet pink robes and pour a glass of rosé and watch the bachelor. And you never uh, know who's going to get that rose. Yeah, exactly. Got to find out who's going to get that final <laughs> rose. You know, some of the stuff those producers write into the show. I don't know how they come. They literally, they eat, sleep and breathe conflict. And they <laughs> yeah, no, so It's actually, so I was for a while. Um, I, I was, going to be casted for a show this summer uh not the bachelor but one of its comp uh one of its competing shows on a major network oh hey -oh. and uh had a scheduling conflict with my brother's wedding that's going to be in june and pretty much was like hey could you fly me out to the wedding and back like in two days because i can't miss this wedding and they're like no it's us or the wedding and i was like oh, oh wow maybe, maybe next season um, oh, i'm probably going to regret that because it would have sent me to a very nice tropical island for five or six weeks but with i mean everybody who is on those shows is a 10 out of 10 thank you <laughs> yeah. so yeah, joe you, you're right in that category dog Thank you. Well, I mean, look, wow. not, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not on the show, but it was uh, the casting process was was really cool. You know, a little. Yeah, how do you even go about getting that? Like, who do you, who do you have to talk to? Who do you got to know? Yeah. So that's the thing. I was it was actually it all happened while I was at the Super Bowl um, this year. I was down in Tampa with my friend uh, Kelly, who was doing all my social digital media um, that week. And we're at a, a Cigar City Brewery, which is like a great brewery. Um, awesome food, great vibe. And we're there eating dinner and my phone rings and I'm like, Oh great. I'm going to answer this. And it's going to be like, hello, Joseph, your car warranty has expired. Um, <laughs> we have information about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So I, I'm like, you know what? Let me pick it up. What the hell? Cause it was a Los Angeles area code. And I'm like, what bad can come of me picking up an LA phone call? Right. Right. And I pick it up and sure enough, it's a freaking casting producer. 
and uh, they wanted to like interview me. So they set up a Zoom call. I had to like send in. So I did a Zoom interview. Uh, then I had to send in like 30 pictures and Ooh. a swimsuit video. That was the real kicker. That was freaking Wow. Weird. No, no survivor tape? You didn't have to yeah, send in right? a survivor demo? Dude, I, I bought for the <laughs> video, I, I freaking bought this like four inch inseam like turquoise swim shorts that um i don't think i'll ever wear again <laughs> ladies <laughs> pull that out for special wait occasion. so what were they having you do that you know sexy get out of the pool like hair you know, <laughs> oh. back as you like was that your swimsuit oh, i, I think like that would have been saved for the show trailer um <laughs> <laughs> no i i just had to uh actually it was like weird i had to like walk towards the camera stop flex turns the oh. every angle both profiles and like my back and then they were like oh like do something like funny at the end like either like do a dance or do some kind of flex but i already used the flex at the beginning so i was like yep. i know what i'm gonna do i had my cousin filming it she had like a great setup down in florida i was in miami at the time and uh she liked the ring light we did it at golden hour it was amazing i'll show you guys the video uh if you want when we're done recording <laughs> um, hell yeah okay. i just want to see yeah the process wow <laughs> So I have like one hidden talent. It's not even hidden. It's just like one talent. And I can catch like any food in my mouth. I'm insanely good at it. It's great at parties when everyone's drunk. What you, so what I, my cousin, I was like, hey, throw a couple like peanuts up in the air and I'll catch them all in my mouth. Oh, like, in okay. So that was what I did to end the video. And, uh, yeah. and you got the, you got the call. You can catch anything. Pretty much like. Like it can't be like. Food. A like uh, a full squash yeah <laughs> <laughs> not an eggplant or a pineapple <laughs> Throw, throws a full squash. i don't know why i had to pick eggplant the most sexual food <laughs> you, you, did, you did go there you did go there. <laughs> uh, i'm talking like peanuts popcorn yeah. um, cheetos yeah grapes like you, you great oh great with grapes blueberries yeah. um don't clip that, folks. Don't clip that. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, I just want to let you know I'm great with grapes. <laughs> That's almost as good as at the bachelor party I was at last weekend uh, for my brother. Um, his best man, we were ordering food and I wasn't paying attention. And he turns to the waitress and goes, oh, uh, skinny over here is a vegan. And all I caught was the end of that sentence. And I turned around and I was like, no, I eat meat. <laughs> 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 everyone was like everyone, everyone had their eyebrows raised and <laughs> lady he is great with grapes and he eats meat <laughs> oh that deserves an applause dude ladies <laughs> that's fan that is fantastic all right so we're gonna dive right in joe thank you thank you for answering all of our questions <laughs> so we're gonna dive right in and we are going to bring back the gauntlet and this week is the power forward edition of the NBA's gauntlet. So mm. I'm, I want both you guys to give me the player that you're going to give the top award, give them the golden egg, golden trophy, $3,000, whatever. You're going to bench two of these players. And then the last person you are sending to work at Home Depot. They will never play professional basketball again. Like that oh, is it. They're, they're done. The, it's over. I, I just never want them to go to Home Depot. Like maybe Lowe's, but <laughs> never Home Depot. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, she's she, straight. Home Depot isn't even the worst. Like that, that Home Depot smell, you can't beat that. <laughs> yeah, All right. And there are very few places that like you could be blindfolded and just take a whiff and know where you are. And Home you know, Depot, Home Depot one is one of them. It just smells yep. like wooden varnish. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on this episode of The Gauntlet, we have 
the New York Knicks' very own Julius Randle, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, and my personal favorite, Zion Williamson. All right, oh, fellas, think, take a second, think about it. Think about who you're going to give the golden egg to, who you're going to bench, and who's going to work at Home Depot. Benching two of them, right? Yeah. Benching two of them. Okay. Oh, jeez. I'll take a back seat here to Shrey. All right. So if I got to start somebody, I'm picking Anthony Davis. Um, it's just, it's, it's too. Wait, that's interesting. That is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if I'm, if I'm starting a team and I need someone that can, based on their current skill set, get, you know, that full all around ability, he's arguably a defensive player of the year candidate every year. He can stretch the floor and hit the three and it's it looks pure every time so it's not like his shot is broken or it's a fluke when he hits a and he has a legitimate jumper yeah yeah he ability to hit the mid-range and you know to affect both sides of the floor is what i look for and to stretch the floor especially from a power forward uh this time so davis (laughs) for me um okay if i'm joe do you agree with that uh no no and Ooh, for okay. strictly biased reasons I'm picking Julius Randle to get the ball. <laughs> wow! Nobody picked Giannis. No 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 get out of here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no so all right so yes my pick is biased but like at the same time when you're talking about Julius Randle like here, here's my support right this is why I was always great writing papers and like philosophy because I could say some bogus stuff but I'll back it up. Okay. So with Julius Randle. This guy embodies New York City basketball, right? Like, Mm. he has single-handedly brought the Knicks back. Like, they haven't been relevant in, what, eight years since they had Carmelo, Stoudemire, Tyson Chandler. Jeremy Lin? Yeah, Lin Sanity, baby. Like (laughs) J.R. Smith. Can't forget about J.R. Smith, too. (laughs) He has brought the Knicks back. He's tough. He's gritty. He's still getting better every year, which is amazing Mm. because a lot of guys, they go to a big blue-chip school like Kentucky. They make it to the league. Mm. They think they're all that. He's improving on his game, ball handling, defense, outside shooting. The guy's a stud. And, you know, I'm not a New England pretty boy like the two of you. I like tough because I'm a New Yorker. So give me Julius Randle. Okay, if you're looking for tough, if you just look, look, I, I understand that the Celtics haven't been good in a very long time. But mm-hmm. I would also like to think that the Celtics keep pace with that nitty gritty sort of tough, hard nose chip on your shoulder basketball. This year, not so much. But historically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, by the way, I love that you're talking about the Celtics not being good in a long time. Like, our standards as a Knicks fan and Celtics fans are so different. Like, you guys are in the playoffs every year. Shut up. You were in the freaking conference finals a year ago. Give me a break. How yeah. does it feel that, like, your front office wasted about 20 years of first-round draft picks? And I don't say that with, like, disrespect. It's just, like, tough to see that they, like, would draft power forwards when they didn't need power forwards. They tough... They, they draft, like, inconsistent shooters and then just overall busts. Yeah, or how about, like, when Kawhi was a free agent, what was it, two summers ago, and the Knicks decided to sign, like, four backup power forwards? I don't know what their infatuation <laughs> is with power forwards. <laughs> and, and guards. They love yeah. a good guard. <laughs> they, they sign, like, Julius Randle, and I'm like, okay, good. And then they sign, like, Taj Gibson, and I'm like, what direction are we going, <laughs> folks? What are we doing? <laughs> it's the Thibodeau effect. He's like, hmm, who did I ever coach? That well, will we'll never leave Thibodeau, actually. Gibson, Gibson beat Thibodeau here. Oh, but then, but then he got waived, and then Thibodeau was like, 
well, we we need a Todd, Todd Gibson quota, so we have to yeah. bring him back. Yeah, and then, and then he brought him back, and then he brought D-Rose back. The only guy I was waiting to return at that point was Jakeem Noah. <laughs> I was like, what are they, what are they going to pick him up and Ben Gordon? I was like, where is everyone? That is another useless big guy with slow feet. Who <laughs> was great in college. Like Todd Gibson took USC to the, like the, the Elite Eight. You know, Jakeem Noah won a, one or two championships at Florida. Like, yeah. bring on back those big back. guys that had great college careers, but the league has just passed them by. Yeah. 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 Oh, you can't defend or shoot? Come on over. <laughs> yeah, we want you. Well, now now with the, the Mitchell Robinson injury, you're looking at, you know, hey, a good 25 minutes for Todd Gibson every night. No lie. And Nerland's Noel. Like, Noel's a guy I loved in college who, you know, kind of a bust. But, I, by the way, I love Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. As a former big guy who had no offense, who was on the court to grab rebounds and swat shots to the rafters, I yeah. love Mitchell Robinson. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. A hyper-athletic guy just from yeah. – he for can a seven run the one, floor. yeah, yeah, yep. he can run the floor. He can do everything. He's the ultimate lob threat too. I mean, realistically, and that's why I liked putting D Rose. I mean, I always, I'm always going to feel bad for D Rose. You always think mm. about the what could have been conversation. Uh-huh. I think that he's made in some ways, you know, because he had that 50 point game with the Timberwolves. He's bringing it back, and he's still trying his like damn hardest, which I respect yeah. more than anything. Um, But I thought that that was a good addition to bring him back on because he is that veteran player who still has the ability to score and to assist. Like you can see when he plays, yes, he's not his former self, but he's still got those moves. He's still got a little game left in him. Yeah. Got to respect it. And for, and for uh, a team that, you know, right now I would argue needs a little bit of that guard skill. I think that was a good pickup for the Knicks. Oh, it was great because Frank Nidalekina sucks. And I've been screaming that. <laughs> like, he's, I hate him. I actually, like, if he was hanging on a cliff and I had nothing to do, I'd walk by him. Oh, my gosh. He's a, he was a lottery pick, too, wasn't he? He was, like, the biggest waste of a lottery pick ever. I mean, I hated the Porzingis pick. At least yeah. Porzingis, like, it was a bust in New York, but he was worth a lottery pick. Like, Frank is not. I mean, the guy's career averages are what, like, five points, two assists. I mean, people are like, oh, he's only 22. Give him a break. No one says that about me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's interesting what you say about Porzingis. Do you believe that the Knicks were right to trade him when they did? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that that marriage was coming to an end. Um, the Knicks were just a disaster. And, uh, you know, it's going to work out. Like, we, we got an extra first-round pick this year. We're trending in the right direction. If mm-hmm. you take the Knicks pick and the Mavs pick, figure both of them are going to be somewhere between like 15 and 22. Um, you know, get me like Cam Thomas at LSU. I don't know if he'll slide that far, but uh, mm-hmm. if he's right. on the board, get me him. Get me uh, get get me a good point guard. There's a lot of guys yeah, in this draft that I think are going to be good backup point guards, like guys that stayed in college three to four years, probably won't be stud like starters, but you know, the Knicks are going to target Lonzo Ball in the offseason, so go get Lonzo mm. and then draft yeah. one of these guys to be a really good backup point guard for his career. Yeah, I think that's what the Knicks are, the Knicks are really missing is a, a point guard that can stay and grow in that role. I think, you know, starting mm. Alfred Payton, 35 minutes a game, Not it. it has a ceiling, very low ceiling. And then I, I don't think, as much as I love Emmanuel quickly, I don't think he's a guy that, you can build around from the guard position. I think he plays better with less minutes. 
Ooh, and, uh, and that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's a guy that like if you give him fifteen minutes, he can get you twenty points, and that's like a a burst that like not many people can give you. No, I actually want to see quickly for like twenty eight to thirty two minutes a night. Uh, but I think he he's really good if you need to fill in at the point. But I think mm-hmm. he's more of a two. Interesting. Okay. I that it's that scoring in the two position that you want from him. I want somebody else. You know facilitating facilitating yes. right and so that's yes. why now that the hype around lonzo ball has died down you can see that his actual true strength is making those plays and like we talked about shreyas last episode how he is a floor general if you bring right. that to the new york knicks combine that with the um pretty pretty impressive uh forward and center passing from julius randall and mm-hmm. then you have the scoring of you know randall quickly robinson when he's healthy Barrett. i mean that starts to turn into a solid team with all of your bases covered yeah absolutely but until then yeah no i i i i I hear what you're saying about quickly but i think that he also i also think that he needs more minutes i mean he is within the top three running of rookie of the year candidates oh i agree with that yeah it's definitely Lamelo's award um but quickly i I think you know look who would have expected it right the knicks took obi toppin and toppin was projected to be drafted like fourth he slides down to the knicks people think he's going to be the steal of the draft emmanuel quickly was the steal mm. of the draft. And I think yep. I kind of got that vibe when John Calipari was talking about him on ESPN on draft night. Like, I haven't seen Calipari praise a guy like that in a long time. And yep. he was talking about quickly calling him a steal, calling him one of the best players he's ever coached. And I was like, bring it on, because I was pumped about Kevin Knox, and he's a bust and a half. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Bring on when, are you guys gonna, when are you guys going to get rid of him? Because he... Well, uh, is that like an all-time low right now? I never want to get I, – I actually, like, love Kevin Knox. I was so pumped when they drafted him. So I still have – maybe it's false hope. Yeah, it's definitely false hope. I still have <laughs> false hope in him. Yeah. Well, it's because they drafted his, like, successor not even two years into his Knicks career. And I'm yeah. like, it's to just a gluttony of forwards at this point. One of them has to go, and I feel like Kevin Knox is going to be that, that link that just has to – to be chipped away yeah I, I don't think he ever got a fair shot but you know it's yeah pro sports it's not about fairness you know he he got his right. small window some guys get longer than others you know Knox didn't get right. a whole lot of opportunity to prove his worth but the opportunity he did get he kind of squandered it away well, it's yeah. one of those things where i think he's more of a project than people thought he was and yeah, he was yeah. just more of a raw talent and yeah you're right he just he, he didn't get his fair share of minutes and I guess commitment from the team, and if a team does want to make him like a, uh, a starting power forward, starting small forward, like how Orlando took a shot on Fultz and made him the starting point guard, like some something has to change there. He has to be in a fresh set of uh, faces and and coaching. I think maybe he can he could get it together, but it's got to be later in his career because I don't think he's ready right now. Yeah, no, but like Joe said, it's it's even though he did like. I, I agree that, yes, maybe he didn't have the opportunity that he quote-unquote deserved, but when he did see floor and playing time, he made a lot of mistakes, and he was wildly inconsistent in all aspects of scoring. So it's one of those things where you look at a player and you, you say, well, what do you do? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do this offseason? What are you going to develop to make yourself more of an asset for the coming year? Because it, like Joe said, it is, it's professional sports and you need to work the like hardest you can to get the spot that you have and make the most of the opportunity that you've been granted as well. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, you're not going to be able to go out there, go three of fourteen from the floor, and expect to see meaningful minutes the next night. Like it's just not right. going to work like that. But Max, right. I'm I'm very curious. Who, which power forward of the four before? Because we kind of strayed away. Like, who's getting your golden egg? So the <laughs> only because um, no, Zion, not only right? because. Oh, it's Zion, dude. That's l- my literal favorite player ever. <laughs> of course, <laughs> how did you know? Well, for I those of you that on the list, uh, it's for be. those for everybody just joining us, I have such an affinity for Zion Williamson. I just think, I just really, truly think that he is beyond overhyped. I'm not saying that he's a bad player. I'm not saying that he's going to not do great things in the NBA. But the amount of hype that I don't believe that he warranted is ridiculous in my book. And the fact that he is still like being gassed up by everybody is just ludicrous, in my opinion. I'm so glad you just said that because I agree with you 100%. Wow, okay. How many times? His first game, his first, his NBA debut, he made three threes. Ooh. <laughs> How many threes has this man shot since then? Uh, I mean, it's like Ben Simmons-like. <laughs> it's Ben Simmons-like, right. And what he does is he, there's a lot of calls that he should get for offensive like charges and blatant shoulders to the jaw on his defenders. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. get them. He's already getting these all-star superstar calls and he's 20 years old and he just literally just pushes people around in the paint. Don't get me wrong. That's impressive. If you are that much of a thick boy that you can just push, you know, your defender right off you. Cool. But you're not an all-star. No, I completely agree. Think about everybody who was on the all-star team this year. They can all, with the exception of Rudy Gobert and Ben Simmons, who can't shoot, everybody can do everything. I'm sorry. I'm glad you brought Rudy Gobert up because I was just thinking Zion's weakness. You put him against a team like the Jazz that has Rudy Gobert, or you put him against the Lakers that have Anthony Davis. All you need to really slow Zion down is an elite defensive big guy. Because if you take Mm. away the paint, that's where Zion's damage is done. Like, yeah, you mentioned the three threes he hit in his freaking NBA debut. If you eliminate the paint, Zion is not an offensive threat. And you put a guy like Ben Wallace would have had his way because Ben Wallace, (laughs) you know, as much or almost as much as Zion, like Zion wasn't going to body Ben Wallace, right? He's not going to body Rudy Gobert. So these guys get in his way, you know, Tyson Chandler would have been a good example of that back in the day. Like Zion, if you have a really tough, good old school defensive big guy in there, Zion's not going to be as threatening as he would be against a smaller lineup. 100 percent so agree. I'm not I'm not as down on Zion as you guys probably are. I think I do have <laughs> concerns about his longevity, just considering how he plays the game and you know, God forbid there's a, an injury or something that you know he loses that burst. And one of his one of his big MOs is that he's quicker to the ball than everyone else is, especially on offensive boards and just he just has like a, an agility to him for his size that people don't really recognize until they see him see him play. I think that's a big concern. But I think for a guy to to be so dominant in the inside game, it's a little bit easier if he t- if he puts in the effort. It's a little bit easier to 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 go inside out with your game. We've seen it with like Brook Lopez, where he was an all star in New Jersey and Brooklyn where he was averaging 19 and 10 with a couple blocks. And then he went to the Bucks, and, or towards the end of his Brooklyn uh, career went to the Bucks. He started playing outside in and he still, he basically 
increase the amount of years in his career because he yep. found something else to do. So it's right. not out of the realm of possibility that Zion becomes that. But it is kind of scary when you see his kind of body composition. It won't last when he gets up there in age. But for the time being, I think he can figure it out. And I think especially he's getting better as a passer, interior passer. And just for what he can do now, I think he's at close to the all-star level. I don't think he should have been an all-star this year. I think Brandon Ingram probably should have been an all-star replacement before that, Zion. Or DeMar DeRozan. DeMar or DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan, correct. But I think he's at that cusp right now, but we'll just have mm. to see how long it takes before something changes. Well, it just, Shreyas, it boggles my mind because other centers in the league are trashed for their inability to shoot the three, to stretch the floor, and mm. to, you know, if they, if they don't have the passing game as much. Like, Zion's passing is fine. Like, of course, if he makes one good pass, the NBA puts that up all over their Instagram, all yeah, over the their hype socials. Is, the hype is so, tough to watch. <laughs> right. So that this is, I think, what bothers me the most is that it's it's – Zion can Zion literally again just goes in the paint and he gets praised for it and then other centers who might have better footwork who might have you know more plays but then better passing and stuff like that if they can't shoot which Zion can't Mm. they get trashed yeah and the double standard is a little ridiculous to me yeah he's just like everyone's like social media darling you know I mean he's been that way since high school with the highlight you know real dunks and everything and in college you know in college you're able to bully guys when you're, uh, you know, when you're just bigger and more athletic than them. But, you know, that Duke team that had RJ and Zion, like, they they were really overhyped. I mean, you know. Severely actually, underperformed in the tournament, too. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> UCF should have knocked him out. Virginia Tech mm-hmm. should have knocked him out. And then finally mm-hmm. Michigan yeah, State yeah. did. And, like, you know, I had Duke getting bounced by Michigan State in that bracket. And even though I ended up being right with the matchup and, and the winner in the Elite Eight there, I was like rooting for UCF to knock them off and like kind of expose them for, you know, the overrated team right. that they were. And they that, were, they, 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 yeah. they, the, that team uh, could have won, right? There was, it was a last shot that, that bounced out, right? There was yeah. some questionable calls as well. Right. So, um, Joe, back to your question. I, we, get, we went on a tangent off of Zion, uh, <laughs> but the power forward that I would give the award to is Giannis. He holds a special place near and dear to my heart. I, he is one of the most impressive human specimens that I have ever seen in my life. Though the fact that he can, he is in, 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 he is extending his range as we speak. So once this man gets a consistent three, I mean, he's already averaging, you know, over 25 points every single season. He's cusping on 30, two time MVP, defensive player of the year. I mean, what more can you ask for in a basketball player? He makes very good decisions. His defense is phenomenal. And let's not even talk about his Euro step dunk. I am just, I'm blown away every time I watch him play basketball. And so for me, that is the guy. I, I understand that Giannis is not perfect and that there's a lot of drawbacks. And when we've seen that he's the only uh, piece on a team, they can't win because if you, it's possible to stop him. And if you stop him, th- there's, you know, the team won't win. But if you pair him with, a, a a dominant guard or maybe another dominant big man i what are you gonna do yeah no i mean there's definitely like endless possibilities there with Giannis. it's just that like that physical specimen that he is that's why i think he would look so good working at home depot <laughs> like I, plus i mean the smile like Giannis is a very welcoming like warm guy <laughs> and like if you walk into home depot and he walks up to you like, hey, how can I help you? You know, and like you see like in Sharpie with, on the orange apron, like my name Giannis. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Janice, Janice, can you tell me where to find the light bulbs? Janice, I need some paint. Uh, yeah, no, like him at Home Depot, or like imagine like that smile and then him saying, Welcome to Moe's. That would be good. Oh, I love Moe's. Moe's, uh, he does have a great personality. He probably could, he probably could be a kick at Moe's. Uh, like the, yeah. the Home Depot part of that question is so much harder for me to answer than like the golden egg because between Anthony Davis or Giannis, like. I feel like their customer service would just be through the roof. I don't know. I've seen Anthony Davis in a Ruffles commercial. I don't know if he's going to be that good at <laughs> customer service. I don't know. I just feel like, like, I don't know. It's tough. Cause like you, Anthony, like he should, like, he's a guy, you know, doesn't care too much about his appearance, has that hard unibrow. Like right. you got to figure that's a man's <laughs> man right there. Like if you're not getting your uh, unibrow yeah. taken care of, you don't, yeah. he's like that guy on the plane that wouldn't stop farting. He just doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's going to know a lot about sinks and door installations and home home renovation projects. Yeah, one day one day he's gonna he's gonna shave the middle of his his unibrow and everyone's gonna be like, because you know how Michael Strahan fixed his gap. Did yeah. he or was it an April Fool's joke? No, I think he actually. Oh, was oh could it have been? I'm almost <laughs> certain he got like surgery to fix the gap in the middle of his teeth. But like, if he did. Then if Anthony Davis did the same thing with his unibrow, people no, would just gonna be like, there, "It was a fool's joke." It, there's, it's still here. No, I got yep. duped. You did. Yeah, the, the gap is intact. Uh, <laughs> I feel like if Anthony Davis duped. Shaved, if he shaved his unibrow, I think he would no longer be an MVP candidate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like Samson with the hair. If he, <laughs> yeah, like he, he just he wouldn't be worth talking about anymore. <laughs> his brow like goes to thirty and ten. It would be like LeBron's sidekick goes for thirty. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy Anthony. He's all right. You know, will he be uh Hey, you know Tony out in LA? Yeah, Tony had a really good game last night. <laughs> Tony out in LA. They have yeah, they have to take the nicknames off of basketball reference then. I didn't think about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, true. Okay, so who are you guys so who's oh, going right. Yeah, who's going on just just real quick. Just who is going on your bench and who is just leaving? For me, for me, uh if I may Joe, yeah. I would go Giannis and Randall. I think they're the more yeah. polished of the the three remaining. Uh, I think I picked Davis as a starter. So yeah, Giannis and Randall for all the mm -hmm. reasons we've talked about. Yeah. Randall especially because he is probably, I would say he's the second best passer uh, on this. If not arguably the first, I think Randall right now understands his versatility and understands the floor spacing so well. He yeah. can play with honestly anybody and get a triple double and i think that's a that's a a, a skill level that you'd want to have on your team when someone can do everything so i, I really like randall right now as much as i want to say zion's the worst of the four and send him to home depot customer service matters so um, i'm gonna send anthony davis to home depot oh wow where, where that he is, is no a... longer the brow I'm, I'm talking like a shaved anthony davis so tony oh, okay. to home depot and then i'm gonna keep Giannis and zion on the bench Wow. wow that is okay so why okay well there i was about five minutes ago thinking that we all agreed on zion <laughs> why joe i just gotta ask why did he make the bench over anthony davis because i know you guys are both sending zion to home depot and we can't all go <laughs> oh yeah oh this is okay okay so for the sake you know what here's the thing there's gonna be people who listen to this who are gonna agree with you you know well, maybe they're, not they're over crazy. anthony davis but Anyone who agrees with me in any facet of life is crazy. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, if I walk into Home Depot and like 
Zion Williamson's there to greet me and help me. I just, I, mm. I don't know if I'm feeling that genuine warmth. Mm. It's what it comes down to. You he know, seems he's like a nice like, guy, though. Yeah, yeah. He's nice on the JJ Reddick. I don't know. I, just, I don't want someone overrated helping me at Home Depot. <laughs> you walk up yeah, to him, you're like, I already, I already know. I know more than you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you the, the, the Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah, like, Zion thinks he, he's all that, thinks he knows everything. Like, dude, do you even know the difference between these two bolts that I need? <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Okay. This, okay. I like that. You know what? I, I, I respect that you put Julius Randle at the top because he really is having an emergence. And he, his footwork, phenomenal. <laughs> he'll literally back somebody down and then step into a fade and he'll be like 26 feet out and it'll oh, just i love watching him back other dudes down <laughs> yo <laughs> okay so let's talk just uh, last night was absolutely bananas the march madness tournament has been full of upsets and just general craziness mm-hmm. let's just real quick talk about the games last night holy cow yeah buzzer beater yeah, not not just that. It was a back and forth, anything you can do, I can do better type of the confidence, especially from UCLA. I I knew that just coming out from the first four that they shouldn't have been in the first four in the first, but that first four game of uh, UCLA and Michigan State, everyone was surprised about it because those teams were better than where they were placed, where they were seated. But the fact that they made this run and had the confidence and it, it just, it just made my month really to see them kind of flourish in the national spotlight. And what a game, what a game. Yeah. That game was incredible. I mean, UCLA is like one of those schools that I usually hate watching, but Mick Cronin has transformed them into like such a different team. They're not that typical PAC 12, like overrated. Mm. We're going to try to be the first one to 80 and uh, mm-hmm. if you're a good defensive team, have fun beating us by 25. Like, they were that defensive team. They were tough. They weren't the UCLA pretty boys who just want to shoot the three and lob alley-oops. Like, they were playing defense for 40 minutes. Hell, hell in three of these games for 45 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Three, tour- yeah. uh, three tournament games went to OT. Like, they just, their motor was incredible, and that all comes from Mick Cronin. But, like, also, you got to buy into the guys. You know, Johnny right. Juzang is their star. He's their stud. But a guy like Jaime Haquez... I mean, mm-hmm. he's been so crucial to this team's success on both sides of the floor. Like, against Alabama, he took over offensively, but, you know, pretty much every other game, he's been their defensive anchor. They were such a fun team, you know? And it's weird, as far as that Jalen Suggs buzzer beater, part of me is, like, this is our generation's Christian Leitner shot. Like, mm. that was an incredible yeah. moment to witness. And the other part of me is, like, I just wish it was the other way around and it was the 11 seed hitting a shot like that, you know? Right, mm-hmm. right. Cause like you, you want like at that point, like regardless of your bracket and like what you what, what you think is gonna happen, like you you root for the underdog in that scenario. Yeah, like I had Illinois winning my bracket, but if I wasn't rooting for Loyola Chicago to beat Illinois in that game, like what's mm-hmm. wrong with me? Right. Yeah, that ah oh, man. The, man. I, the, I mean, the, the amount of upsets. I mean, sure, I talked about this last week, but the amount of upsets this year alone, incredible. Yeah, yeah, I this, mean, I think the most yeah. ever in the first round, right? Yeah. Oh, is that the stat? I was trying to find that stat, and I was like, there's been, like, an upset every day. Like, every every hour, I was like, there's no way that this hasn't made a record yet. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was the most upsets or if it was something like the high, like, the Sweet 16 might have been the highest, com- no, not might have been, it was the highest combined seeding. Because you had, like, a 15 seed right. there in the Sweet 16. And, yeah. uh 
Yeah, you had the 12 seed Oregon State, the 8 seed Loyola. Yeah, Syracuse <sighs> was there as a 10 or an 11, rather. I mean, it was wild. I absolutely loved every minute of it. That's yeah. another thing. Like, we, I got to give props to Oral Roberts, too. They made it a, a hell Oral of a Roberts. run, too. Yep. And uh, them and UCLA really were like, like, I must watch games just to see if they could offensively keep up with these yeah, uh, I mean, major schools. At the end of the day, just like, who doesn't love Oral? <laughs> Especially with Robert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was reading about the guy because I was like, you know, I had no, or- I mean, I knew Oral Roberts, but I didn't know any of their background until this year because they've been irrelevant in basketball up until right. this year. Yeah. And uh, so I, I was doing some reading on the guy and he sounded like a nut job. Like he would go around the country. Like he claimed he had these miraculous healing powers. And I was just like, oh, oh, oh. oh. he's one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah drink the Kool-Aid, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> now listen here, Jesus can save you. Yeah. I can save you through Jesus. <laughs> that is, yeah. Hey, listen, wow. people... Listen, they're they're just on a different kind of hustle because people are actually buying into what they're saying. So if that's what they got to do, I mean, you got to respect. Yeah. It. You got to respect it. Their basketball is as hype as you know, you know, their their philosophy. I don't know. People might people <laughs> might be joining very soon. I mean, hey, it's not the only school in the tournament this year to be named after some like crazy cult leader. You know, you got Brigham uh, Brigham Young over at BYU. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna convince like forty women to marry him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh. trying to get a second date over here, and this guy had 40 wives. <laughs> what, a, what a genius. The second date, the first date is, ah, which, which one do you think is harder to get, the first or the second date, just in general? First. I think it's the first. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I feel like the second date, I'm going to sound like a jerk right now. I feel like if there's no second date, it's because I don't want it. Like, I feel like the second date's pretty easy. If you, mm. if you have, if you, if somebody like, if you can meet somebody in person, chances are like, unless you're an absolute asshat, <laughs> chances <laughs> are that you will have like a second date. If you had a reasonably good time, why not? Yeah. All right. So Max, so, so I've got a question for you then, because obviously our, our connection is that I know your girlfriend, like how did you guys meet? Was it online or? Dude, it was, it was through online, but um, I mean, that lot. just. It just feels like sometimes, but you know what? I got to say, she talked about Moe's right off the jump. And that's when I knew. Amazing. So like, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like with her, no on, on the line dating apps, like it's tough to get that first date. Cause I feel like so many guys, unlike you and me on those apps are losers. And uh, so it's, it's tough to get that first date. But I feel like once you do, and they realize that, oh, wow, this guy is not a loser. That's amazing for a change. Then you're in. It's the yeah, set. It's that first conversation. I agree with that too. It's, it's about like, you, you have to be yourself for sure. I feel like people want different things depending on who they are. Like, like sometimes you can say one thing. It literally like, just take hi, for example. You can say hi to one person. It'll work like a charm. They'll be like, hi, how are you? Like, oh, so great to talk to you. And you can say hi on somebody else. And they will never talk to you again. Instant block. Some Instant girls block. won't even answer, right? But then if you write like, hey, like, you know, it's like if you write hey with one Y, they think you're boring. But if you write hey with two Ys, they think you're trying to get them in bed. It's like totally. <laughs> there are so many games that are played and you don't even know what's going on. Yeah, no, that was good. I mean, well, you guys, the Bonnie's Bonaventure had a, I would just talk about their tournament run. I mean, they had a great regular season. I feel like there was a lot of potential. Obviously, you guys fell short in, you know, the tournament, but you made it, which is impressive. Yeah, I mean, I'm not much of a participation trophy guy, but uh it was definitely it was definitely a fun season, you know. When I look at the high point of this season, it's not the NCAA tournament game. It's to me winning both 
the A10 regular season and conference tournament uh, yeah. title because that's really hard to do. Usually the conference tournament winner is not the team in the Atlantic 10 that won the regular season title. Uh, so that was amazing. And then for me, the best part is all five of our starters were juniors. So barring yeah. anything with our center, Oshuno Shuni going pro because he could test the draft waters. Um, hopefully all five of those guys are back. And then next year, the goal is not just make the tournament. Next year, the goal is win in the tournament, you know? So mm, it was a great yeah. season. But for me, it's not something to celebrate. It's something to build off of. I think them having a 9C2 is like a, a good compliment because you would think in, in past years, uh, these like St. Bonaventure or other mid-major schools would be lower, but they're, they're starting to get a little more respect here and there. So I, I really like how they're rising up the ranks maybe next year if they have a, better, a good regular season again, you know, could be a 5 or a 6 seed. Who knows? Yeah, that, mm. that's the goal to me next year. It's like be ranked because we actually just missed the, the final rankings. We were 28th. So next year, it's like crack the top 25 right? And, uh, yep. and, and get like a six seed and, you know, maybe make like a little sweet 16 run or something. Yeah. It's definitely the goal uh, for this team next year. And I'm not just saying that because it's what I hope happens. It's, it's what they're capable of. So oh, for, for sure. I mean, like you said, they're all juniors. You guys have some supreme talent. I think probably work on adding a little bit more depth and some guys who will back up your starters. So again, they don't have to play heavy minutes back to back to back to back in order to try to like pull out a win. Um, but if you guys, yeah, if you guys get a little bit more depth, you could go pretty far. Yeah. And like, that was the problem in the game against LSU, right? You would like Dominic Welch are starting a shooting guard or, or I guess small forward. And uh, he rolled his ankle bad, sprained it and played and the entire second half, 19 of 20 minutes in the second half. The next day he was in a walking boot. So like he had to play injured because they had no depth. You know, they, they essentially played six guys. They had a seventh work in there. If our center was in foul trouble. Um, right. But they had no bench and both of those guys, their sixth and seventh man actually have already transferred um, or announced that they're transferring. So really they're gone, but the Bonnies have actually brought in three guys already, including a guy who started at Pitt. He started 20 games for Pitt this past year. Uh, okay. Name escapes me, but he's a big guy from Mali. And, uh, he at Pitt averaged like eight points and five rebounds. So they're bringing him in to be a big man off the bench and we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Wow. And yeah. a lot better than UMass. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, that, that's for sure. Imagine going from starting in the ACC, by the way, to being a backup in the A10. Ugh. I you mean, have you to get, throw I guess you get it where you can, but. Right. Yeah. Well, he'll probably start in two years. So I think he's coming knowing he's going to be a backup this year and then. The following year, he'll probably be our starting four or five. Mm. And hopefully the minutes rise with his development and growth as well. So, Oh, for sure. I mean, if you yeah. get a guy who can, you know, put up eight and five in the ACC coming off the bench, like I, he's, he buying, he's yeah, buying yeah. into uh, having a successful season, you know? Right. Yep. Right. Yep. I mean, that that you that bench scoring, I, I mean, I learned the, the lesson the hard way this year watching the Celtics is that that bench scoring is – so vital yeah because when your main guys come out you need to keep the game alive even if you go back and forth and you're still trading buckets uh even if you're in a lead or you're in a slight deficit so that the other team like doesn't catch up to you or you don't get absolutely blown out or that you can keep toe-to-toe -to -toe with them like you need the bench to do their job yeah and i think like for you guys as celtics fans like losing terry rosier is really hurt because obviously it's going to be tough to pay him and to keep him but you know, losing him, you just lose depth. And, you know, people thought that you guys had too many guards. You can never have 
too much talent. Well, right now, right now, I think we have too many guards who aren't contributing. If you look at, I mean, at the beginning of this season, we had Jeff T, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart. There were so many guards. And and, Pritchard. Oh, Peyton Pritchard, too. And Yam Madar, who is still in Israel. But (laughs) Waters, Waters and Edwards, it's, I still, and I'm not trying to say like, get them off the roster, they're trash, you know, whatever. But it's, they also have to like figure out how they're going to contribute. And if they don't do that, then why are they still here? Yeah. So a harsh way to put it, but like realistically, it's like you, it's time. And you've been in here for two years. Like it's time. No, it's like what I was saying about Nidalekina before, you know, like he's had four years and he's yeah. never, he hasn't seemed like he's gotten better. It seems like it's the same Frank as when he was 18. So that's why I lose patience when people say he's only 22 because there's been no improvement. <laughs> right. And that, that, that is it's very it's fair. Especially with Frank, he came in, I guess as like almost like a defensive specialist and you, you can't just, it's one of those things where you have to be competent in some sort of way offensively to keep your, keep your position like Patrick Beverly obviously defensive specialist but he's good at hitting the three he can hit Mike the corner three right yeah. Mike Conley started that way and then he blossomed and like offense like he averaged 20 points a game at one point exactly. but you, you can't you can't be not progressing offensively but say hey at least I can just play defense because you, the game isn't broad enough to just keep that one-way player anymore you got to have more two-way talent yeah, I mean, yeah, simply put, it's just, it's not the '90s anymore. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I want to get just before we go. Um, I just want to get your like a, a one sentence thought on how you think the Giants are going to be this year. Ooh, uh, one sentence. I'll keep it two words: division champs. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. I mean, <laughs> I, I think what they've done in free agency, like, look, losing <laughs> Dalvin Tomlinson uh, in the middle of that D line hurts. Yeah. But they added Danny Shelton. I think they'll draft another D tackle for depth. Uh, they put Kenny Galladay there for Daniel Jones to be a number one. Huge, massive. That's okay, the that biggest is, that, move. Yeah, 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 that was a good move. Uh, like, who knows who they're going to uh, to draft, right? I mean, mock drafts right now, like the eleventh pick, it, it could be twelve different guys. I, I mean, it's wild. Like, right. Devontae Smith would be amazing if he somehow fell to us. Uh, Kyle Pitts, I was eyeing early. I don't know if he'll fall to us. Um, there's so you, much talent in this draft, so you really can't go wrong. And then Adoree Jackson, too, in the secondary. Like, adding him is tremendous. I mean, I think yeah. that they're the best team in the NFC East. I think it's going to be actually between the Giants and Washington, uh, which I love. Keep the Cowboys and the Eagles at the bottom. Underrated, too, <laughs> that they kept Leonard Williams. They paid him. Oh, so, I mean, yeah, that's, like, that's the biggest move that they've made. Leonard yeah. is coming off a career year, you know, went from like a half a sack with the Jets to what eleven and a half this season? Huge. Yeah. It's, so what do you what do you what is it like the one thing that you think that you need most from the draft? Um, offensive line, definitely. Okay. Like yeah. I'd love to pile on skill players, but at the end of the day, you know they signed Galladay. They still have Darius Slayton, I believe, is like a number two who kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I think his talent is off the charts. He was like a fourth or fifth round draft pick out of Auburn. Um, he amazes me. Uh, with the stuff that he can do on a football field. So I think mm. if Jones can get the ball to Slayton, he'll break out alongside Galladay. Sterling Shepard is just, he's got great hands, good blocker. Um, you know, the weapons are there. Tight end, I think Evan Ingram stinks, but somehow he made the Pro Bowl. Kyle Rudolph was a great <laughs> signing. Uh, I think Rudolph's going to be a hell of a red zone threat. And then Saquon, of course, if if he can get some blocking, 
is I think the best running back in football. So yeah, solidify the offensive line and make, put the pressure on Daniel Jones, you know, make it his make or break season. Like he's got the weapons, give him the blocking. He's got the defense. It's all on Daniel Jones. Yeah. I think think some running depth too. I think Wayne Gallman was a good keep that when Saquon went down, Wayne Gallman admirably stepped up and, and played his role. But I think they need to, to think about, it's got to be in the back of their mind that, Hey, can Saquon last a full season? We got to get somebody that can play off of him, whether it be a more, pass catching type of back or, or someone that can just, you know, fill their role. And then when they do, when, if, and if Saquon were to, to get injured can play as good, if not a little bit uh, less than he is. So yeah. I think, I think that just that depth. They signed Devonte Booker. I don't really love that move. I don't know. Uh, like I think yeah. Wayne Goldman is more valuable in our system than Devonte Booker, but I would definitely I would, yeah. elite rounds like to draft a running back. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, they, they might be conference champs. We'll see. Uh, okay. So first off, I just want to say, Joe, thank you very, very much for coming on our show. Uh, I had, I, to be honest, I had a blast. Uh, Trey. I I had a great time, Joe. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. That was a blast. And uh, you know, I'd love to stay and do another hour if I didn't have my family downstairs (laughs) waiting for me to stop being so rude. It is Easter. Yes. Please go enjoy time with your family. Everybody listening, please, please, please check out Joe's podcast. Joe is the real deal. His podcast is called Serralo sports talk. It is super entertaining to listen to. Joe is a phenomenal interviewer. And if you like our podcast, but need, you know, more of that professionalism and need like real big names on the show, Joe is your guy. He does a great job. He's on the rise. And uh, I, I look forward to more collaborations in the future, Joe. Seriously. Yeah, yeah I do up, too. You, you guys are the best. And, you know, it's going to be fun. I had Joe Lenardi on my show two episodes ago. And then uh, maybe in a week or two, I'll get you guys on my show. Return the favor. That's, that would be we fantastic. Would we would love it. Awesome. All right. Happy Easter, Joe. Happy Easter, Shrey. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Treyas and Joe, and thank you. Peace.